Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. And a grain, all right. And a grain, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. And a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, Green, and now they're really rolling. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cloud mill. I'll declare for at least a week. Uh, hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined today by Oshin McConville by Kieran Sheehan, and we're joined also by a very special guest today, Eamon Fitzmaurice, one of the select group of men to win All-Ireland Senior Football Championships as a player and as a manager. Eamon is here not least because next Sunday, Cork play Kerry in the Munster Football Semi-Final. We'll be having a look at that game in depth later in the show, and we'll also be looking at Dublin, who start with their Leinster quarterfinal against Westmead, and of course in Connacht. Uh, there is one match in Connacht this weekend where Mayo play uh, Ross Common in the semi-final. But before we go anywhere near next weekend's th- this weekend's games, we have to have a quick look back at last weekend's matches. Nine counties had their seasons ended, <clears throat> including Tyrone. Now, Kieran, you predicted that Tyrone would win last weekend. What went wrong for them? Yeah, look, uh, they got off to a flyer of a start. Um, I thought, look, they did. I suppose Donegal's pressure, and in the end, I thought their I thought Donegal's discipline again. You know, and I, I know Sheen mentioned that previously that he was he was very impressed by him when he saw him first up. Um, but I thought their their discipline and their leadership, um, like Michael Langdon, for example, was was super impressive in that time where where they were five points to one down, getting a crucial goal and score. I just thought they they never panicked. There was no no sense of you know panic when Tyrone did get a bit of a lead. I thought the, it was just obvious that they had a system where sticking to it throughout the whole game, um, and and it worked from in the end. I thought I thought to be fair, I think the conditions didn't suit Tyrone. Now I'm not a man to complain about conditions, but um, on a dry on a dry day, I think it might have been a little bit of a different game of football. Um, but I thought Donegal, in fairness to them, they looked super impressive. What do you think, Oshin? This game did not pan out the way I seen it pan out. Uh, to be honest, like I, I didn't want to say it, like but last week, like I genuinely thought Donegal would win the game comfortably, but everything just fell into place early on for Tyrone. And uh, and let's face it, they probably had enough chances to win the game. Uh, a wee bit more coolness under pressure, a wee bit more. Um, like if you take. Mark Bradley's chance, like he's one on one with uh, Michael Murphy, and 
he's 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 got the fanciest chances in that situation. Peter Hart, you expect you know him to be cool on the pressure and stick that in the back of the net. Uh, you know, the McKenna chance uh, that McMenamin saved off the lane is, is unlucky as well. <clears throat> but as I say, it did not pan out the way it panned out. If you had said to Tyrone before the game, Murphy wouldn't be in it. Uh, Ray McHugh would be poor. Patton would have one of his uh, one of his off days. Jamie Brennan, uh, only two points. Uh, I would have said that Tyrone would have been very happy. But I suppose the, the thing, the, the positives that Donegal will take out of it is that without Murphy and without McHugh, uh, going the way or going uh, without showing that that bit of leadership, the two young lads, uh, Langan and Thompson, really stood up and and uh, got them across the lane. That that pace that I talked about in the, uh, the first league game, you know, Morgan, Peter Morgan, and uh, Neil O'Donnell. Morgan was okay, but it didn't really materialise. Uh, I think we will see a bit of that when the when they get onto a better side and. It looks as if that might that might be the All Ireland semi final before that happens because they're talking about playing our man Donegal in in uh, Oma, uh, Oma in November. The, those two things just don't add up, and uh, so they'll they'll probably have to grind another game or two out. But I, I think they'll they'll uh, they'll win Ulster okay now. But as I say, the game did not pan out the way I thought it would. I thought Donegal would win a, a bit more comfortably than they did. But uh, I think when you, when they, when both teams walk away this weekend from last weekend, uh, Donegal will be very happy at the fact that you know their big players didn't play and they still got across the lane. Are they are they real contenders, Eamon? Um, I think they are, Paul. Yeah, I think look, everyone's a contender at the moment, and with the teams like you said, nine teams fell last weekend, and it's going to be. Every weekend, there's going to be less and less left, obviously. Um, they were very impressive. I think they got the job done, in particular, their response to the um, Derek Hanavan goal. Um, that was a time for Tyrone to build the momentum, and they had the couple of chances that O'Sheen mentioned there, and they didn't take them. Um, and in fairness to Donegal, that's the sign of a team that are in a good place, that when they are hit with something like that, and, you know, it was... It was a mistake as well, so it was something that could suck the life out of out of a challenge. But to be fair to them, they they responded well. And uh, Tyrone, as O'Sheen mentioned there, they were unlucky with a couple of incidents, they had a couple of chances, and I think they're a bit of indiscipline as well. In particular, the two frees that were brought in, um, you know, that was that's a kind of a thing from a management capacity. Afterwards, you'd be you'd be scratching your head. Um, now, the first one was very soft. It was the merest of little tugs on, on the jersey off the ball. And it was brought in. The second one looked like it was for verbals, but both of those kicks would have been much tougher if they were from the original spot. And when you only lose by two points and the margins are so tight, um, you know, you would be scratching your head with little, little bits and pieces like that. There was an interesting thing that happened in that game Tyrone got off to such a flyer, like five one up, and then the water break. The water break came. If if you were if you were managing a team at the moment, an intercounty team, what are you doing in the water break? What what what? what if you've got those that short period of time, what would you try and do with it? I think depending on the, I think the water breaks can be very powerful for a management team. Uh, like you said, for Tyrone, it probably came at the wrong time, but certainly. If you're behind, it can be a chance to regroup and a chance to uh, to get a quick reset. 
um, and just remind the players of the couple of instructions again. I don't think it can be overly complicated. I think if you if you have possession of the ball yourself from a kick out, as they, most of them seem to be, uh, you know, you can have some kind of a set play that you could remind the players about running. But I think as the season goes on and teams and managements become more and more accustomed to the water breaks, I think they're going to become very powerful and they could be crucial. But um, similar to half time, that when you're going well, you don't want it to come, and when you when when things are going against you, you can't wait for it to come just to get that recess and. The pattern does seem to be so far the team that is going well coming into a water break. Uh, they don't come out uh, as well out of the water break. So that's probably a challenge. It's probably something that you can try in training this. You know, you have a quick water break for the minute or two and just see what effect it has in training, getting the players used to this and accustomed to this. But um, like I said, the further on the championship goes, I think they'll become more significant and just like a timeout in some of the American sports. And have you thought out, have you, like, if, I read what you wrote about Mourinho and I agree with it, at, at, at half time in matches, the, he was talking in unbelievable generalities about, it's almost like, it was, it felt like the equivalent of being back in the 80s and 90s in a dressing room where lads were basically telling you to get stuck in, try harder seemed to be the message. And, but are there specifics that you would use the, the water break for? Are there, are there to, to communicate? Or what, what are you trying to communicate when you get to players at, at, at that point of a game? Yeah, I think there are absolutely specifics. I think generally now inter-county teams are so well run and there's such an amount of data and uh, available to, to the management team at halftime that if you have some kind of an analyst to give you a particular stat around the particular part of the game that you think yourself needs addressing. For example, that if you're talking about kickouts and you have a feeling watching the game yourself as a manager that you're under pressure in your own kickout or you're doing well on the opposition kickout or you've got scores from your kickouts that you can give that kind of a feedback at halftime. You can say, look, lads, we need to really improve in our own kickout. We've only won two of them. We've conceded two scores from it. Uh, we need what we're going to do now straight away is we're going to start going long we're going to start going short we're going to go to a kick out we've planned and once we start winning those we're going to start to build on that again then our we're doing very well in the opposition kick out we're after getting four points off the opposition kick out we're doing this because we're pushing up we're going to keep doing that we're going to keep driving it on there's joy to be had for us there and I think if you can just give um, a solid bit of information backed up by some statistic uh, it, it makes it very clear for the players. But I don't think, especially in the water break, whatever about at halftime where you can maybe do two or three areas at, at, in a water break, it'll be one particular area that you might think will give you a leg up or will continue with the pattern that is there and to build on that. But I think it has to be simple, but it's backed up maybe with a bit of data and it's not, like you said, come on, lads, we need to be better and we need to show a bit more heart or, or whatever. It has to be a bit more specific than that. And I think the modern players buy into that and that's the way they're, they, you know, the, the way they train. And that's that's the way they, that's the kind of feedback that they want at that stage. Yeah, it, it, that's interesting, isn't it? And I don't know if the, the Kieran or Rushing want to comment on this, but the, the, the idea of the modern player and get, getting feedback and, coming into you are there players though who actually just don't want any information are there players who actually don't want to be in a dressing room where they're being told stuff are there players who should be left alone who should just 
be allowed to go out and express themselves and play and that, okay, there are some players who need information and others who thrive on it. But there are a few who just, you know, actually the worst thing that can be given is information. Yeah, again, I think that's part of the management that you understand the players that you have and a particular player, uh, you know, might play off instinct and that suits them better. But Have you anyone in mind? Um. I have one or two that I could think of that would <laughs> come on, come on, put them out there. Prefer, prefer not to be getting too much feedback, but uh, no, I think in general, most players now they want they want that kind of detailed feedback, and they, they want the generalities, and they want to be uh, instructed, or not instructed, but advised, and they they make what they want out of it. Then, but I think um, yeah, you can confuse some players certainly. If, if you're giving them too much information and you don't want that, you want players to be able to play with freedom and you want the whole team to be able to play with freedom. But at the same time, as a, as a team, you need to be able to give, um, you know, possible to-dos that can be done in the next phase of play rather than just talking in, in a generality that's, you know, that means nothing to anyone, really. Can I, can I come I, in on that? Um, yeah, sorry, okay. sorry, Rashid. Um, in relation to the the, the, the breaks, and I, I don't mean to come back to AFL too much here now, but the four quarters, um, they often call it the third quarter being the, the kind of winning quarter. Um, and look, when you're getting that second water break, you know, I think it's a crucial period between, we'll say, halftime and that water break. Um, I think it's, it's the make or break of a game on where the team's at, how they reset it at halftime, how they're attacking the second half of the game. And that they're prepared, very prepared for, for that second water break because coming into the last quarter, there's, there's a lot more factors come into play in relation to time. You know, guys start to get a little bit more tense. Um, I think they're playing their, their freest football in that period between, we'd say, after half time and the, that second water break. Um, and in, rela- in relation to the modern game, I think the feedback feedback and <clears throat> understanding the structure and strategy of how a team wants to play, I think is critical. Um, I, and I think that that goes for, for every player in the team, I think, in, in relation to, to understanding. Now, certain players might want different type of feedback and might want, want it to be more simplified. But I think if you can get, and, and Eamon said it there, if you can get to-dos and one point across in that short space of time that you have, that, that you're confident it will hit the nail in the head, I think is crucial, is crucial for, for lads going forward. I'm just saying, I just watched the, I was at the Calvin Monaghan game and Seven points down at half time. I thought the instant reaction is because Calvin put no pressure on Beggins' kickouts. I, I thought the instant reaction at half time is go back out and you, you, you pressure the life out of his kickouts. And Calvin didn't. And uh, it was stick or twist sort of job. And I could see half, between the water break, maybe after 10 minutes of the second half, I could see Darren McCabe, who was probably the most active runner I've seen. Uh, of all the runners of the weekend, um, getting on and trying to get that message. But there's a couple of boys just weren't getting that, just weren't getting it. And uh, they obviously then decided, listen, let's wait to the water break, which which I felt was dangerous at the time. But they waited till the water break. Look at you can beat me a point, you're a gobshite. You win the game uh, and, you're, and you're a hero. And that's the way it worked out for, for Mickey Graham. But once they... Once they pushed and pressed, the the fact that they had the water break, you could see, clearly see 
that they were um, dictating that message and making sure that everybody understood that message rather than a runner trying to go round. And, and I'm sure they've got a word or they've got uh, a signal or they've got something. But at the same time, until I see the whites of players' eyes and see everybody is going, yeah, well, I don't know what we're doing. And you could see that when they went out after the war break that they knew exactly what they were doing. I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened to Cavan. Uh, Manny McLean was over them. Uh, they played Meath in a league match, Division One league match, and uh, I remember Manny McLean coming out when he when he was uh, when he was appointed, and he said, "Listen, I'm going to play open, attractive football." Uh, that lasted for about half an hour, and uh, he was getting they were getting absolutely destroyed in in Meath, and all of a sudden they just said, "Listen, we're going to go man to man. We're going to we're going to play ball," and and they pressed up, and they actually ended up winning the game. Cavan have a bit of history with this stuff, uh, but I just thought, you know, it was it, as far as using the water break. You know, when I see Monaghan going in, Monaghan were very much, you know, we, we have this, you know, we're, 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 we're six points up. I'm sure Bandy was just saying, listen, lads, just, just try and keep the ball. Let's try and mind the ball as best we can. Um, but once, once Cavan got a mistake, though, was that not, was it like the way Monaghan played in the second half? Well, well, it, was, it was just it was shocking. It was hard to believe, to be honest. It was hard to believe because, uh, you know, you, you mind the ball, but you like all all real realistically, like if, if you're Monaghan, you're thinking if we kick four or five points in the second half, we win the game, uh, and we couldn't even manage to do that. And uh, you know just how negative they were was shocking. And and, and the, the players who were able to punch a bit of holes, uh, O'Hanlon, Bannigan, like they were all uh, McCarthy, they were all. Uh, taken to one side and replaced by players who are going to do exactly what we talked about, just mind the ball. And again, look, if, if Monaghan win the game by a point, you know, Bandy's done the right thing because he's won the game. But it just didn't feel like the right thing at the time. And obviously now it's a fucking disaster as far as they're concerned. But um, I just I just thought that as far as water breaks go, I thought that was the most effective view. I've seen uh, from a Cav- from from Cavan at the weekend. This weekend, moving to this weekend, Car Kerry, uh, Kieran. I'll sit back for this one. Yeah, we're we're going to hold the coat here. I should let these lads at it here, Kieran. Do Cork um, do Cork actually believe that they're going to win this weekend? Rock and a hard between a rock and a hard place here, Paul. Um, being a player, um, absolutely. Look, yeah, I, I should say I, that at the beginning. So Kieran's out injured from this match. He's around the squad, but is not says he's not talking out at the weekend. For so we'll take his word for that. But so so like, what's the belief? Is there actually genuine belief that Cork will win at the weekend? Absolutely. I, like this. Uh, this is an interesting one because, um, and and I'll be keen on on all of your takes on this as well. To be honest, um, like if 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 I'm wearing a Cork jersey. Um, and I'm playing Kerry at the weekend and I go into a dressing room and the management or any other player or any part of the, the squad can see that I don't believe that we're going to beat Kerry. I'm wasting my time. I should be taking that car jersey back off me and walking out the door. Um, and I think that that that's, from what I'm seeing, that's the attitude of this Cork team. Um, they have had significant success against Kerry underage. I don't know how much that's going to account for. I think fellas are confident um, that they can put it to Kerry. Um, I think 
based off the back of last year and what I've seen, as I said, look, I, I haven't seen a whole pile of Cork up close in the last number of years. But what I do know from this particular group of lads that there's a bit of edginess, there's a bit of rawness in the group, um, combined with um, a good structure and strategy in place now off the back of Keane O'Neill getting involved, um, Kevin Smith from a high-performance perspective, finally tuning guys. Um, uh, I absolutely think that they, they, can, they can win, and I believe they can win. And I think How? They, How? So what's the strategy? Uh, without going into too much detail, um, look... I think how they're going to do it is 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 going to be based off pressure. Um, I think I think that's a big factor in uh, across the board in football today. But I think Kerry, particularly in the last couple of league games, they haven't been tested a huge amount in relation to, to pressure. Um, what I mean by that is, and notoriously, notoriously, this is how we would prepare for for Kerry is, and I think everyone would see that is that you know you can't give Kerry time on the ball. You know, you give the likes of, of Sean O'Shea, you give the likes of David Moran, um, you know, Gavin White, these guys time on the ball, they'll pick out a pass. And that's that, that's just the way they've played. And that's the way like, they continue to play. But if you're up in their face and you apply that pressure, now again, I know it's important to recognise where you apply that pressure and when you apply that pressure. And I believe it's, you know, coming into the Cork defensive half. Um, I think that's when when the pressure has to be ramped up. Um I think Kerry noticeably play with their heads up. They look for that pass. So important that, you know, when they do lift the head, that that pressure is applied immediately. Um, just to force force errors, um, force Kerry into force errors. Um, and I think counter-attack off the back of that because... And where are Kerry weak? If you're looking at Kerry now, where do you think Kerry are weak? Um, oh, and again, this is off the back of what I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think on the turnover... Um, I think if, if Kerry get turned over in, in high up the pitch, I think uh, defensively, um, I've noticed that there, there seems to be a, a mad rush back, um, a little bit of disorientation. But again, structurally and, and just looking at Kerry defensively, when they are set, uh, they're, ve- they're very hard to break down. So I think, I think what's crucial for Cork in this game is on the turnover, that they're attacking with pace with the likes of Sean Potter, Matty Taylor, these guys that have unbelievable leg speed. Um, I think that's the best way that they're going to break Kerry down. I think the midfield battle is crucial here as well. Um, I think Ian Maguire has shown that he's, you know, one of the best midfielders uh, in the country over the last number of years. Um, And I think that's going to be an interesting battle there between, I'd imagine him and David Moore. And so there's a couple of factors. I think the midfield battle, which I think Cork will win, um, I think that they'll they'll put a significant significant amount of pressure on Kerry, force turnovers, and I think judging even by last year, going for the juggler, going for the goal. Um, now I know Kerry would be a little bit more prepared based off the back of last year. I think they got a little bit of a shock there, but um, <clears throat> I think that's I think that's how they're that's how they're going to win. And one last question before I come to you, Eamon. If uh, um... If you're you're talking on Sunday, if if you were starting, which of the carry backs would you like to see coming in on you? Um, immediately springing to mind are probably uh, maybe Tom O'Sullivan. That's purely based off height. Um, no, the only issue there is he'd have me on the back foot straight away, and I'd have to chase him back the field, which I wouldn't be wouldn't be quite comfortable. You do a lot of pointing though. Pointing, you hand them on fairly quickly. Yeah, I I think that's key. Uh, good delegation. The best forwards delegate really well. Um, Oshin, you might comment on that as well. But you know, do you know? Like uh, to be fair, like um, it's, it's so you fancy you fancy you cut it. You fancy you cut it, Thomas Sullivan. 
I'd like it cut off all of them, to be honest. Um, I don't know. What about you, Paul? Who would you who would you fancy a cut off there? Your uh, they'd probably they'd have to go zonal to hold me. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. A mere man marker wouldn't be. Uh, wouldn't be. Un, wouldn't be fair. On, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be fair on anyone. Um, Eamon, uh, are you nervous after hearing that? Uh, well, to hear a confident Cartman isn't that unusual. Right? <laughs> so, um, no, look, I think I think everything that Kieran said is valid there, and I think it's going to be uh, a great game at the weekend. Um, I think, look, there's always um, a wariness uh, in Kerry prior to Munster Championship game against Cork, particularly in Parky Cueve. Any of the times that Kerry have lost Munster Championship games going back as far as 1995 was the last time Kerry lost a game in Killarney. So any of the games that have been lost in that intervening period have always been in Parky Cueve. So there's always a wariness. There's always that derby factor that you know farm and where you are in the league and all that kind of stuff goes out of it um but you know from the Kerry perspective I think just looking at the lads the last couple of weeks a lot of them look to be in very good form they're playing well um there aren't too many of them searching for form um you know the panel is deep um I think the hurt of last year as well of getting you know so close to winning an All-Ireland final can be a fierce driving factor as well. And the, the straight knockout factor as well, I think, uh, you know, it brings, it, it almost brings a bit of fear and that can be a great driver as well. So, uh, you know, I think from the Kerry perspective, there will be a huge respect of the Cork challenge that's coming. Um, and they, they know that they'll have to be on top of their game to win the game. But, you know, if Kerry are on top of their game and if they're at it, if they're working as hard as they have been for the last couple of weeks, um, I think Kerry will have too much. And I think particularly with the likes of Kieran out, who would have been, you know, a big addition to Cork from last year. Um, I, I just think that Kerry will have too much by the end. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does go down to the, go, goes down to the wire. So it's not really it though. Like, I read something that, you said back in 2018 about it being part of a Kerryman's DNA to be wary of Cork and that, you know, Cork's problem had always been backing up progress when they'd made some steps forward. And you said that when you, you won six Munster titles in a row when you were manager against Cork and that it was clear that it meant a lot to you and that you approached the Cork game diligently. But all of that, doesn't all of this come down to the basic fact that for Kerry, this is a stepping stone to an All-Ireland semi-final and to a final, ultimately? It is, but I mean, it's a slippery stepping stone that if you don't, if you don't approach it properly and you're beaten, that's your season over, as we saw with uh, Tyrone last weekend. So, um, you know, every game is a stepping stone once you get over it. And uh, I think that, you know, the fact that in the past, those Kerry Cork games, when I was in charge, all of those games, we absolutely went all out to win them. And we wanted to win a Munster Championship. And we also wanted to go through the front door and, uh, you know, what we perceived as a better way of trying to win an All-Ireland. Uh, whereas this year, that security blanket isn't there. So you have to win or, or that's it. So you're gone and it's season over. So I think that will bring an extra edge to this. Um, and I think... From the players' perspective as well, and a management perspective, I think the fact that there's 
no crowds there. There's no, you know, potential for a night out afterwards as a team win or lose. All those things. Everything else um, is stripped back from around it. It becomes a beer contest about, and it's all about winning. So I think that can bring an edge to proceedings as well. But you can't like, really see Kerry winning. You can't really see Kerry losing in this. I'd be surprised if Kerry lose, to be honest. Um, I, I just think they're in a very good place. It, it is, they, like I said already, they'll have to play well, and particularly mentality-wise, they, they'll have to be at it because Cork aren't going to roll over. Um, as Kiran said, they were, you know, they're well prepared. Um, Keen O'Neill, certainly, who I know well, is a big addition to the setup, um, and he's got, he's going to, he's going to bring his own particular stamp. Uh, he'll know a lot of the Kerry fellas quite well as well, and he'll have that bit of insider information. So there's a lot of things that are, are right from Cork's perspective. And if Kerry aren't at us, Cork absolutely can win the game. But I just think where this Kerry group are at at the moment, um, I'll be I'll be surprised if they don't win at the weekend. Uh, uh, Oisin, it's it's Cork, Cork's hope against Kerry's expectation by the sounds of it. Well, if you look at uh, Cork 2010, the spiral has been very much downwards from that until now. Um, I hope that you know Cork do believe that they can win this game. I hope that you know it's not a case of we hope we can win the game, but if that is the case, you would have there would have to be an unbelievable sea change from what I have seen of Cork over the last couple of years. Um, and I think a lot of things are right with Cork. The, the improvement and trajectory looks to be upwards, but look at. Could it be any other way? Look at the size of Cork playing Division Three. You know, uh, I, I I live I live in Armagh. I have no connection with, with Cork whatsoever, and I found myself over the years getting so frustrated with what was going on in Cork, um, and uh, that really hasn't changed. And nothing I've seen since is going to um, tell me otherwise until they win one of the big games. Simple as that, and. Uh, this weekend, they have the opportunity to do that. But even if they don't win the game, Cork can still get something out of this weekend by proving a couple of things. First and foremost, that they're up for the fight. Secondly, that tactically um, they've got a plan. And thirdly, they've got players who are willing to die for it on the pitch. If they get those three things, uh, that'll be a sea change as far as I'm concerned. And then we can talk about Cork being on the right road. But until that happens, uh, for me, you know, they're still way off where they need to be and where they should be and where Cork football needs to be. So uh, there might be a lot of things right. There's a lot of things going right. They're moving in the right direction. But um, I would expect so much more of them, so much more. And, and as I say, until I see that... Um, you know, Cork will still be a massive question mark hanging over Cork heads. Can I, can I, can I come in on that? Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I can see what you're you saying. Feel way, do that. you feel way off, Kieran? That's to use okay. Oshin's phrase there. Do you feel way off? Um, absolutely not. Um, look, to be honest, look, and Oshin, to be fair, and I think a lot of people are thinking the same that Cork can can, can get something out of this by not winning. That's too 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 much that has gone on too much for 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 cork football um i i think they can't accept anything else but a win i think this this game 
has actually got so much riding on it for Cork football. Um, and the, player, the players know that. And the players are going to give absolutely everything. If, if Cork, Cork are one win away from people actually kind of sitting up in their chairs and starting to notice that there's a team here. Um, I've been involved with them since last November. Um, they won the under-20 All-Ireland last year. They won the minor All-Ireland last year. Um, there's a good buzz in the group. Um, I was waiting to go into a training session a couple of weeks ago and, and you mentioned about a stepping stone. I, I hope that Kerry are viewing this game as a stepping stone. Um, but there, we were waiting to go into training and there's an elderly man passed us by and he, uh, he stopped and he said, uh, are you training this morning? He said, we are. There was a few of us standing outside and, uh, and he said, um, I'm a Kerry man myself. And uh, do you know what? He gave us a good test last year. And, and my, I was walking through the doors and there was steam coming out my ears. I was like, a, a good test, a good test, is it? But look... A warm-up, Kieran, like, a warm-up for, warm for the real stuff. I just, I just, I just hope that, I, I hope that that's the, the, the view that, that people have down in Kerry at the moment. Because, and look, uh, I don't think it is. I think, I, think, I think a lot of this Kerry group clearly show that they're, 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 they're capable of competing, you know, and no matter what, what, the, what the game is, and I think it's a huge challenge for Cork. Um, but I, I still think that the, the days of accepting a, a, a performance uh, and not getting a win, I think, has to be removed from Cork's psyche. Um, and I think moving forward, I think this is, this is a huge, huge game for Cork. So who's holding Clifford and who's holding Sean O'Shea, to give you two examples? Who's holding <laughs> <laughs> the days of matchups are, are almost uh, kind of going away now um, with, with team defence. But um, look, I think uh, Kevin Flahive there from, from Douglas has, has done a, a reasonably good job over the years on, on likes of Ganey. Um, I, think, I think he might get the job on Clifford. Um, I think in, in relation to Sean O'Shea, he's a, he's a tough matchup for us um, in, ter in terms of his height and actually his ability to fetch a ball as well. Um, I think that um, it's likely that maybe Sean Potter or Matty Taylor might be picking him up um, with, with good leg speed, which I think is, is important to, to, to work Shawnee O'Shea the other, the other direction. Um, I think that might be a matchup there. Again, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I guess they're, they're the two key ones for Kerry, but I do think that the, it's going to be a team defence game. You'll have the likes of, I would say, Matty Taylor, or um, you'll have the likes of, um, you know, Paul Ring, some new faces there that are going to slip into that uh, defensive role we'll say that'll fill a hole in order to protect that the, the, the full back line as well I think that's going to happen I think it's going to have to happen I think most teams are doing it um, it's going to be a team defence and, and being able to help each other out there as well Eamon if, when, when you prepared for, for Cork to what extent was it about them or was it about Kerry to what extent did you worry about getting matchups right no, absolutely. You'd give respect to the opposition. I think most teams, in fairness, Paul, as you know yourself, you concentrate on yourself, first of all, and you try to get yourselves right and get, you know, all of your players healthy, get everyone that's playing well on the pitch, pick a strong squad, um, you know, be ready for all eventualities. And then, of course, you're looking at the opposition, where are they strong, where are they weak, where can we get at them? Where can we, you know, where do we have to be very wary of them? I think always against Cork, um, because of the way they play with their strong running game and the attack and droves together that they've caused us, you know, problems through the middle, creating goals and goal chances. And it's always been a challenge um, dealing with that, um, you know, and carry a lot of teams play a kind of a kicking style game, similar to the, t the game that the... 
county team plays and then when we come up against teams that are running hard at us like that it's something that you're preparing for in training but it's not something that we come up against every day of the week either at club level or um, at county level so that's going to be something I'm sure the players and the management will have looked at for the weekend but I think to answer your question you're trying to get yourselves right and if you have everyone right you, you, you have a good chance of winning most games but of course you're Worry and cognizant of what the opposition are going to bring as well. It, it, looking at Kerry though in the in the couple of league games, it, it it seems to me that there's a change in how they're they're setting up and how they're playing. They are kicking the ball a fair bit, but there seems to be deeper defence and there seems to be a lot of ball running through the hands with half backs going. Is that is is that is that how you'd go about this? Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I had my. I had my chance of going about my my way or, or the way that we went at it or whatever, but I think it's very effective, um, I suppose, so far. Uh, you know, Kerry have played against Monaghan and Donegal, teams that had set up in a similar fashion and that that kind of a game suits, but the, they're certainly working ferociously hard and I think that's very obvious and it's something that they've worked on, that everyone is working very hard and working back the field and like you said, getting lots of bodies into the Kerry's half of the field when when Kerry aren't in possession. And then when Kerry turn over the ball, going the other way and, uh, you know, that there's lots of legs and pace in the team and it's half-backs and full-back line players that are going the other way a lot of the time after the forwards working back and doing their shift. So um, that's certainly been a feature so far. I think it works well against certain teams. I think it can work well against Cork at the weekend. I think if Kerry go further down the line, they'll have to tweak it because I think against yeah. teams that set up in a more orthodox fashion, it'll be challenging. It'll be more challenging to play that type of a game against them. And and in, in that yes, in that respect. So that's where that's where the challenge will come, particularly if you get to the latter stages. So let's talk about this for a second. Uh, Eamon, you wrote in your column last week you talked about how Kerry tend to win historic All-Irelands and you talked about, say, winning in 84 and winning so on. And you left out two other... You left out a couple, by the way. I have to say this as a historian. You left out the fact that they won the 25th. They won the 25th anniversary of the GEA and they won the 75th. They didn't win the 50th. A Galway won it, but a Kerry man scored two of the goals for Galway in the final. So we have to give them them a bit of a say in this. But I read that column and I I thought straight away, he hasn't said it baldly, but he thinks Kerry are winning the All-Ireland this year. Um, I think Kerry have a great chance, absolutely. No, 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 no. You're saying, no, no, no. Do you, do you think Kerry are winning the All-Ireland this year? I, I think they have to be Cork, first of all, on Sunday, and I'll, I'll talk to you again next week if you want. Um, I, I think Kerry are in a great place, and I think absolutely they have a great chance, but... This year of all years, it's 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 very uncertain. But I think if you can win on Sunday, and you're into a Munster final, and you're playing either Tipperary or Limerick, and it, you know if you do your work properly, you're going to win that. And suddenly you're in an All Ireland semi final. So there's there's a roadmap there to to get there and to do it. But um, I I think absolutely Kerry have a massive chance of winning the All Ireland. But I'd still be hugely wary of Cork on Sunday. And Kieran mentioned it there that he's hoping that possibly Kerry are looking beyond Sunday. And it's okay for the likes of me to be looking at the big picture and seeing what's out there. But I know within a group like that, 
it's it's only Sunday and there's nothing after Sunday and that's the only focus that there is and the only focus there can be. Um, so yeah, I think Kerry have a, a huge chance, but get over Sunday first of all. Oshin, he thinks they're going to win it. Yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, look at the the thing's been cleaned up very very quickly. You know, nine teams went last weekend, ten's going this weekend, so. We are whittling it down, and even though you know at the start, I would have said you know there'll be a surprise here or a surprise there. Probably when we get the not probably when we get the last four, there's going to be very little surprises, um, and that leaves Kerry with an amazing chance, I think, because I don't think uh, you know if you look at the Connacht, the way things are going in Connacht, uh, the likelihood is you know uh, well it's going to be either Mayo. Roscommon or Galway. Well, you're stage. covering a few bases there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, most likely, on, on the evidence of what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, most likely Mayo. And uh, I think Kerry would feel that they could handle Mayo at this stage. And then we're back down to, you know, to an All Ireland final. So to say that they have a good chance is probably an understatement. Uh, but I seen them. I seen them against uh, Marlon. I was very impressed with them. And yet I walked away thinking. Kerry could have kicked on and won that game a lot more comfortably, and uh, and then you you frank that you try and frank that form with what Monaghan did last week, and and it it probably doesn't add up. You talk about the Donegal game and the fact that um, Donegal were down a good few bodies, uh, so the Kerry will want this game, need this game, and uh, apologies, and uh, this will prove a, a little bit. Um, they'll prove a little bit to themselves this weekend of just exactly where they're at because it is a very difficult thing to tell when you get into knockout football. But uh, yeah, I think I, I can see Kerry obviously in an All Ireland final, and then you know it depends how Dublin are going in the meantime. Yeah, so let's get to that. Dublin Westmead. Dublin make their seasonal champion Leicester Championship bow on uh, on the weekend against against Westmead. How how do you how do you think they're going? How do I think they're going? Yeah. They're just Definitely. going through the, mo- they're going through is, the motions. Is it possible to say how Dublin are going? They're, they're, they're going through the motions. Uh, they're playing at 50% of what they're capable of. Uh, there's no make or shape or anything to them. Anybody who's trying to analyse them. If I was uh, in the Westmead camp trying to analyse what Dublin are doing, I, 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 you'd be delirious trying to think. You know, you'd be keeping you up all night because at this stage, if Desi Farrell is going to play to a certain plan then uh, he certainly hasn't shown that yet that goes for the league games before um, we went into lockdown and that goes for the two games that they played afterwards they're just playing that's what they're doing it looked to me like they're a team that are playing to get uh, as many players as much game time as they can and uh, and I don't know if they're going to show anything this weekend did they need to? probably not uh, and the, the the possibility is that as far as intensity goes, they will start to ramp it up from this weekend. But uh, there's nobody in Leinster going to touch them. So you know, their sights are firmly set. I mean, they can already almost start planning for for Donegal. And I know that sounds very very disrespectful and very very um, submissive of the likes of uh, Kildare and Leash and all these teams. But that's effectively the way it is. And um, but if Donny, if, if Dublin think that they can they can go into a, a semi final against Donegal and rely on the fact that uh, they have a lot of very good players, a good forward line, and that they can blow Donegal away, Donegal will have a plan for them. It's, that's 
that's what I can guarantee you. To you. And I think that from a Kerry point of view, what I've seen for Kerry over the last couple of weeks, I think, you know, it's up to Kerry now to stick to the way they played. Um, like people say, oh, they just did that because they're playing against Monon or Donegal. I don't believe that. I believe this is a new way that Kerry want to play, a new style that Kerry want to play. And uh, I think they're going to um, stick to it and see where that brings them. Kieran. Yeah, look, Cork will be playing Mayo in the semi-final, so they'll have to face Dublin, I guess, in the <laughs> final. But uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with a lot of what O'Sheen said there. He, the, Dublin haven't really shown their hand from from, from what I could see. Um, what I do know is that that that's a little bit of a concern, I would say, from, from my side of things um, in relation to, we spoke about the word cohesion a fair bit, and it's a, a bit of a word that's been thrown around a fair bit, but in relation to building momentum and cohesion and you know a good style of play and personnel on that team and you're used to playing with them and I'd be keen on your your views on this Eamon as well in relation to, to the, the Kerry teams that you are you are managing but that almost becomes a, a crucial factor in doesn't matter who you're playing um, now it's important that you get the best out of every player and you know there's times where you need to rest guys and you know um, make sure that they're fresh for 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 you know big games but I, I do think that there's an element of, of of concern around Dublin putting their starting 15 that are going to win in All-Ireland and that coming together now in the early stages to give them momentum and get a good run into, into how they're going to play um, alongside of each other. Now, that's not to say that Desi has some you know intense A versus B games going on um, that we know nothing about. Um, that you know he's playing you know that that fifteen that stronger fifteen, but I, I just think I just think it's an important factor to, con- to consider um, for Dublin and for Desi Farrell that he starts to bring together a team that inevitably is going to be that starting fifteen um, in an All Ireland final. Or but again, uh, as as O'Sheen said, you can't be disrespectful to other to other counties, you know, in, in Leinster because. Mead, for example, have just you know been super impressive. And uh, look, there's a lot of things that have gone on this year that you know have been left field. Um, and look, it, it just wouldn't surprise me if there's there's some bit of an upset um, over over the coming weeks. Um, Eamon, Dublin, they're how far back do you think they've gone? <laughs> um... A good bit, I hope. Um, look, <laughs> I, I agree with everything the lads have said there. And I do think, to go back to Kiran's point about the cohesion, I think uh, they'll probably start getting themselves um, in line from this weekend on. Because from the point of view of Desi Farrell trying to manage that group, if everything is up in the air, if every jersey is up in the air, you've 30 to 32 players that are questioning where are they? Where am I in his mind? He's a new manager. Is he looking at me? Is he looking at doing something completely different? Uh, you know, outside of the three or four that are going mm-hmm. to always play, are everyone else scratching their head a bit then? So I think he'll be looking to start establishing a pecking order in terms of his starting 15, his first 24, first 26, and then that everyone's competing to try and get further up the pecking, pecking order. That's worked well for... For them in the past, it worked well for Jim Gavin, I think, in terms of that will help with the style of play as well. Like O'Sheen said, that at the moment, they just seem to be playing with a bit of freedom, playing off memory, um, playing off what they've done the last couple of years. There hasn't been any anything overly new about them so far. 
Um, but I think that, you know, if you're serious about winning things, you're going to have to start getting that in line pretty quick or you will get caught um, no matter how good you are. Um, so I expect from this weekend on, we'll start seeing closer to the to, to the real Dublin. Um, one thing I have noticed about them from the start of this year, the one pattern is that they haven't been as disciplined. Yeah. Um, and even in their dealings with the referee, I, I would imagine it was a big thing by Jim Gavin that, uh, you know, not to be going after the referee because they have plenty of big personalities that would be trying to possibly, you know, get on top of referees but they never seemed to do too much of it during his time. And right since the first league game, they have been very vocal and, you know, cranky. And I think that can be looked at two ways. I think it can be looked at as a kind of a weakness or it can be looked at as that hunger and that drive is still there that they want more. But um, it is the one kind of big difference that I've seen so far that they seem to be a bit looser discipline-wise. Have you been in touch with Jim Gavin since he... Since he left, have you, um, have you? I haven't. I I sent him a message just to say well done, but uh, I haven't been in touch with him outside of that. No. Um. The 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 Dublin players though that have gone, and we can talk about the most immediately the most immediate ones that have gone in the in Jack and Dermot Connolly and that. But if you step back, Bernard Brogan, step back before that, Paul Finn, <clears throat> you're looking at, I suppose, generationally brilliant players. And for all that the panel, for all that there's an extended panel there, the, the, the quality is not what it was. Is that fair to say? I think it is. I think that at the moment, I think as those players develop, uh, you know, whether they, the newer, the newer, the, the bugglers and these guys, whether they <sighs> will be able to fill the boots that Paul Flynn, Dear McConnelly occupied in the half forward line previously, you know, so far they have been able to regenerate and, you know, as Bernard Brogan was starting to come towards the end of his time, we got Conor Callaghan. Uh, so they are, they, they, they do seem to be able to replace. But I think the big ones are Cluxton, McCarthy, Fenton. Fenton is obviously young enough that he'll be going for another bit. But have they players that will be able to replace Cluxton? I think Comerford is a very good keeper. Whether he'll be able to drive the standards that Cluxton did, I'm not sure. James McCarthy is probably irreplaceable. Irreplaceable, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing a deputy there in terms of someone coming to the fore. And even the likes of Johnny Cooper, Philly McMahon, you know, those players, those defenders, Fitzsimons, they're outstanding players. And oftentimes when we were looking at Dublin, we looked at, you know, from eight up um, and them in an attacking sense. But they were brilliant defensively as well. And those, those players were outstanding defensively for them. Keanu O'Sullivan was obviously hugely central to them particularly from 2015 on uh, with his role at centre-back. So, I, you know, I'm not sure that they have the players coming through that are going to be able to replace all of them, but it'll still take another couple of years for that to have a serious effect on them. Which, which of those Dublin players, when, 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 when you were managing, if, if, you, if, if you could have picked one of them for your team, which of them would you have picked? Um, look, I, I suppose in fairness to Stephen Cluxton, you know, he revolutionised the way the game played and he allowed Dublin um, to overrun teams because of the amount of possession they had from their own kickout. And every team is quite good at it now, but he was way ahead of the curve the way, you know, he changed the game in that regard. But look, I think you take any of them, any of them that you, you could uh, you could take. I think 
look, we were always blessed with plenty of forwards and so on. So if you'd one or two of those hard nailer backs, you'd have probably taken them. But, um, you know, having said that, I have to say in my time in charge, I was always more than happy with the group I had and the, the, the group of players. And you would have always felt that uh, you had a great chance of winning the All-Ireland every year starting out. I, I would always say in, um, in Offaly, if we could have had one dub, uh, I, I would take James McCarthy. Um, I, I, I think he brings, I think he brings so much in terms of his ability, his athleticism, but also his attitude and that absolute hardness when, when it needs to be done. He, he seems to always manage to, to find a way. I want to say something about Westmead for a second. I think Westmead are not too bad. I think they're a solid Division Two team, and I think it'll be really interesting if they can have a proper go at Dublin. I don't think they had a proper go at Dublin a couple of years ago in their Leinster finals, but I think if they have a proper go at Dublin, I'm not saying that they're going to win. But I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how 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 they can get into this. I want to talk very quickly about Mayo, Mayo and Roscommon. Actually, there's a question for you, Sligo. Sligo pulling out of the championship. Would the championship have been reshaped if this was Kerry or Dublin who had COVID cases? Do you want to take that, Oshin? You do. Yeah, yeah. That was the big inhale there. I think. You uh, no, no I, no. I just want to say this on it. I would say this on it that uh, if I was a player from Sligo, I would be disappointed how it was represented. First of all, by the county board. Second of all, by the, by the Gaelic Players Association, um, because I don't think there was enough kicking and screaming done. I think if there was, I think there was an opportunity. There's a wriggle room, obviously there. You know, there's, there's an extra week or two to play with as far as the Connacht Championship. The Connacht Championship final is supposed to be on the 15th of November. Um, and, like, you know, the, the All-Ireland semi-finals aren't until the first week in December. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's an opportunity there. So, uh, you know, there's collateral damage in it as well in that goal. They don't get, uh, you know, get that game that they needed. Um, so there's, it affects not just... Uh, Sligo would affect other teams but uh, personally speaking I think that uh, I think it was accepted a little bit I think it was accepted a little bit too easily for me It's a bit like a goal with truth with the Connacht final it's almost like the Hurling Championship actually there's a thing this Hurling Has Championship Has it started yet? The Hurling Championship no no yeah. it's impossible to get knocked out of the Hurling Championship like, <laughs> look, they're, they're going to be at this they're going to be at this for a week everyone's going to get a medal in the Hurling Championship this year. It's, it's unbelievable we're into the third week I don't know what they're at. It's 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 like Anthony Daly and and the lads are going to have to address this 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 basic fact that you can score from anywhere. There's lads doesn't matter. If there's a monsoon. There's lads hitting points from everywhere. You don't get knocked out. And then you're Cork, and and okay, you get another chance against Dublin, Wexford and Tipperary both got well beaten at the weekend. So their reward is a weekend off and a bye to the next round. Like it's it's. it's I don't know. The lads are going to have to address this. That's a circus. It's a complete circus. And they've gone soft too. Nobody tackles in it anymore either. Even you're gone quiet. <laughs> licks no, licks no uh, blood. Yeah. Look, it's a very skillful game, lads. But I suppose <laughs> if it was um, if it was straight knockout, you'd have to go straight to all Ireland final, would you? They wouldn't even be semi-finals. It's just. I suppose the numbers that they have playing the game. So I'll give a politically correct answer to make up for all your your shooing there. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we all love Harlem. We just we can't uh, we can't let them escape. They've given footballers enough abuse over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Actually, 120, 125 <laughs> years. Um, 
Mayo. Uh, Eamon, can Mayo win the All Ireland? Uh, yeah, they absolutely can. And look, this I think year, this year, yeah, they can. Of course, they can. I think. Look, they're they, they, just when you think that they're gone and you have them half written off in your head, they go and regenerate. And I think some of the the players that they've brought through, particularly this year, but particularly in the last couple of weeks that we've seen, are exciting, and they're the kind of players that they need. Um, so. Mayo just have a habit of playing to the standard of the opposition. Um, I think we saw it for the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes against Leitrim last weekend as well. Uh, they have a habit of, you know, being able to rise their game, the, the bigger the challenge. So you'd love for them to be able to just play close to their optimum every day out. Now, I think the test of the weekend is going to be a severe test. Roscommon are going very well. They're full of confidence. They have a lot of good players as well. Um, and you know the promotion versus like Roscommon are going to be Division One next year. May are going to be Division Two, so they've flipped spots there. And uh, I think it's going to be a hugely interesting game at the weekend, and obviously against Galway. Then in the final, if they get there, they're going to have no easy games. But I think they're in a good place, and I think Aidan O'Shea inside is a good look for them. I think Killian O'Connor looks very fresh uh, and is playing well as well as the addition of those extra players as well. And, and we still haven't seen some of the, the old dogs either who will be important as the, as the campaign goes on if they stay involved. So, I, yeah, I think they're big time in the conversation and they look to be in a good place. Can I, I actually just want to ask you a question. I know you have to, I know you have to go in a minute, but the, 2017, how close did you come to playing David Clifford in, in that All-Ireland semi-final replay against Mayo? Uh, we were how close the thought crossed my mind, but look, he was still he was still a minor at the time. Um, you know, it, it, for the for the drawn game, he wasn't even in our minds. But when we drew and we had a replay coming up, um, you know, obviously he wasn't going to be playing in the minor game before the, the replay, and it was something that crossed my mind. But look, I think it would have been. It might have been a great stroke, but I think it would have been a panic move at the time and. You know, what were you saying to your squad that had been training all year, that had won the National League, that had won the Munster Championship um, to parachute in a minor, basically? Um, and, you know... He's different, though, isn't he? He's different. He is different. He is different and he he's exceptional and he, he could have probably done something for us that day. But we were so poor in the replay against Mayo, you know, David Clifford or five David Cliffords wouldn't have saved us. We were just, we were miles off it. We should have won it the first day and we didn't. And for whatever reason, we were as flat as a pancake the second day. And it was probably, I'd say it was probably my, you know, in my time in charge, it was probably the most disappointing performance yeah. to be at such a, a stage and to have a, a chance to have a cut off Dublin and all Ireland final and to play so poorly. Um, you know, it was disappointing, but... Uh, yeah, it, it crossed our minds and we, we, you know, we had a brief chat about it, but we, we ruled it out pretty quickly. How would you stop him, by the way? One last question. How would you stop David Clifford? I'm happy I don't have to. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you're not giving anything away there, Eamon. Um, <laughs> it's, it's supply. It's supply. It's like, look, you have to cut off the supply. Um, or otherwise, just look. Put five backs in them and leave the rest of the forwards free. <laughs> it's probably fair to say that Mark kind of benefits Dave. Like he's he, he's a he's an unbelievable athlete. But, you know he's a good size. He's rangy. 
left and right. Um, but I think that's one thing that, that will benefit him in the long run is, is the introduction of the mark. Yeah, absolutely. And he is like, look, he, he's more than a one-trick pony and he's just, and again, he's a big personality. And um, I think today against Donegal in the league game recently, he was more of a creator in the first half and then he turned it on a bit in the second half. And, you know, he's very mature for, for such, a, such a young guy. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to be marking him anyway as the well, way as well, I'll put it. So, so to, to, to close out um, this weekend... There, we're going to do this really simply here. I'm just going to call you the matches and you just give me a name. Who's going to win these various games? Dublin, Westmead. Three of you. I'm going to put my neck in the lane, say Dublin. <laughs> Dublin there, yeah. Thanks for that, Oshie. That's very, <laughs> quite brave. Dublin. <laughs> Dublin. Okay. Um, Limerick tip in the other semi-final. You, by, by the way, uh, Eamon and uh, Kieran, you do know there's another semi-final on at the weekend. Have you? You've, has we, it, do. Uh, we do. We do. Well yeah. aware of it. Would you be worried? Um, we, we lost to Limerick in the McGrath Cup earlier this year. Um, I, th- I thought they were super impressive. Um, I thought they were impressive again last week. Um, I, I do think Limerick will will come out on top against Tip. Um, so you're from... saying Limerick, Limerick for that one. What are you saying, yeah. Eamon? Um, Ties. I think Tipperary. Tip. Machine. Tip. Uh, Kevin Antrim. Calvin. Calvin, yeah. Uh, Fermanagh down. 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 Down, yeah. Yeah, okay, across the board. Um, there's Common Mayo. 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 I thought you were going to say Ross Common, Evan. Um, yeah. uh, Longford Leash. 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 I'll go Longford. The general air of indifference to that match just that very, very revealing. Um Wicklow Mead. 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 Wicklow. Um the the uh the big one, awfully Kildare. Think carefully now. Sorry, Paul, Kildare. Kildare. We'll have to back check. Go Kildare as well. Sorry, Paul. Oshin. Yeah, Kildare Paul. That's yeah. Okay. I'd say awfully uh, for some strange reason. <laughs> and but, <laughs> let's let's call this let's call this one now Cork Kerry. Cork Kerry. Kerry. Yeah. Okay. Um lads, that was uh that was a pleasure. Just to say a big thank you to to Reno. Eamon, we hope we talk to you later in, in the season. Um and uh, we'll hope that you'll you'll be back on to give your views on on how the Cork Dublin All Ireland Football Final goes. Kieran <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and Lushin, we'll we'll uh, we'll chat again next week. Okay. Thanks, lads. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.